It's an absolutely beautiful day, isn't it? Just a beautiful day. So grateful to be together on the Lord's Day. So here we go. We're going to start in Proverbs 22 and verse 1. We do send the big hats off to our dads, our grandpas, uncles, and cousins, and all the great men who do so much uh, for uh, our lives, for the world, for the Lord's cause. Thank you so much uh, to dads. And we are looking at a lesson related to dads this morning, but mainly related to being God's man. Being God's man. And here's the ideal. Here's the ideal. Okay. God's man values his name. God's man values his name. Look at Proverbs 22. Verse 1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor from God than silver and gold. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. God's man values his name. We can compare this to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 7, where Paul says God's leader... God's leader must have a good report from those who are without. All right. Someone has well said, we come to life and we have two names. We have two names. First, there is the name given to us at birth. But then there is the name that we create by either following God or not following God. And that relates to our character. That relates to our reputation for God. Before we get into our lesson, let me just ask this question. Should I care what others think about me? Should you, should us, should we as Christians, should I care about what others think of me? Well, no and yes. No and yes. Let me... See if we can, let's give an illustration. Suppose you've got this young man and he's been receiving uh, videos and, and sites, websites that would encourage him to look at things he shouldn't look at. And his dudes, his guides, his, his guys, they look at him and they say, why aren't you opening up these videos and these sites? He says, well, I don't care about that. And they look at him and they say, what's wrong with you? Don't you like girls? Are you gay or something? And he says, no, I just don't care for that. And so therefore, he doesn't care what they think of him because he's going to do right. And that's the proper way of looking at it. When we seek to do right and someone doesn't appreciate it, then we don't care what they think about us. So there's a no on that. But then on the other hand, Suppose I say something or suppose I do something and someone takes that the wrong way. Should I care about what they think? Absolutely. And if I find out about that, then I'm going to seek out their presence or some way of communication. And I'm going to say, look, my main goal for you is just what God's main goal is. I want you to be in heaven. And if I have said or done anything that would discourage you from that quest... To get to heaven, I am definitely sorry, and I would never want to do that. Let's just 
please forgive me and let's all go to heaven. So a good name is rather to be chosen than even great riches. Why is a good name so important? Well, first of all, because God says it's important. Secondly, because the world needs great examples of godly living. The world needs good examples of godly living. Our families need great examples of godly living. You see, for some folks, the only notion of God that they'll ever see is what they see in you. And then the third reason that a good name is so important is because it helps us to help others. That's why God put us here in the first place. If, if I've got glaring sins all over me, then how am I going to be a help to anybody? If I'm living in darkness, how am I going to help anybody see the light? And so for just the next few minutes, let's notice some suggestions that can help us to maintain a good name. Or in other words, how can, we, how can a young man become a man? How can boys become men? And how can we maintain a good name? A few suggestions along these lines. First of all, we must always worship faithfully and joyously. If we're going to maintain a good name, we must worship faithfully and with a great deal of joy. Matthew 2 and verse 10 and 11, we remember the wise men. They come to the house where Jesus was. When they saw the star over the house, they rejoiced first, and then they went into the house and they worshiped the Lord. Didn't King David once say, Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord and, and worship. Okay. If we're going to maintain a good name, we must worship faithfully and with a great deal of joy. The word duty has, in our society, taken on a negative idea, and it should not be, should not be, but it kind of goes like this. Someone is, is asking themselves, do I have to go to church? Do I have to go to church? Do I have to go to church? And then that evolves into saying, well, if I go to church just out of a sense of duty, then it really doesn't do me any good anyway, so I'm just not going to go. Well, there's no point in that. There's, there's no point in the idea of a duty having some kind of distaste in your mouth. Okay. Because by the way, does God have the right to command us? He does. Does He give us commands? Yes. Does He give us the command to worship? Well, it sure, sure sounds like it. Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some uh, is. Okay. Didn't Jesus say in Matthew 6 and 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Yes. Okay. God has a right to command. And out of a sense of honor and duty and a recognition of who He is, then it's certainly right for us to obey Him and do what He says. I don't know why the word duty has uh, all of a sudden become uh, negative, you know. We love our children. 
We love our families. But at the same time, we feel a sense of duty toward them. When that baby cries in the middle of the night, you don't always, with a great deal of joy and desire, get up and take care of the baby. But you will because you have a sense of duty also. And you know that, that the little one is depending upon you. And so you, you're going to get up and take care of that little one. You see, sometimes motivation is not always from within. Sometimes motivation comes from the outside in. When we see our duty before God, we go ahead and obey Him, and then the Lord will help us to see the deep meaning of that as we continue to submit to Him. We are taught in 1 John 5 and verse 3 that the commandments of God are not grievous. The commandments of God are not burdensome. They're actually good for us. And so out of a sense of duty and honor and respect, we worship God faithfully and with joy. And if that joy is not fully there, it will come. The more we study, the more we see, the more we experience, the more the more we learn, we will see why it is so good for us to worship. There ought to be, in reality, a lot of worship going on all the time. Jesus says in Matthew 6 and verse 6, that while you're at home, you ought to enter your closet and pray. And the Lord who sees in secret, He will reward you openly. If we have a lot of devotion and desire toward God going on every day of our lives, then it will be much more out of habit, much more desirous, much more... Uh, much more easy, much easier for us to worship in a public way. And dads, it's very important to instill this in our children at a very young age, the idea of worshiping faithfully with joy, even on vacation, even on vacation. I heard of one dad, he would do this. He would look at his children and they're planning their vacation and their, and their little trip they're going to take he would say, now we got Sunday and Wednesday coming. So let's, y'all help me. Let's, let's find where there's some good congregations to worship. And now you guys help us to find the city where we're going to stay, the place we're going to stay, where it will be easy for us to worship on Sunday and Wednesday while we are away. Kind of a side note, should you... Should you give of your money before vacation or after vacation? Because you want to be sure that you keep up your contribution at the home church. Should you give it before you leave or after you get back? One preacher responded like this. He said, I always give mine before because he said, you know, while I'm away, I might die. And I don't want to meet the Lord owing him my contribution at all. To maintain and establish a good name, we must be committed to worshiping faithfully and joyfully. Here is a second suggestion about a good name. And that is to avoid bad language at all costs. Avoid bad language. Those who practice using bad language, when we say bad language, we mean filth, we mean gossip, we mean 
lies. We mean taking the Lord's name in vain. Those who practice foul language just have not been introduced to the Bible. They don't have the knowledge that they need to have. Okay. For example, James 1, 26 and 27 says, If any man seems to be religious and bridles not his own tongue, then that man's religion is vain. That's pretty plain. That's pretty plain. Ephesians 4, 29 says, Let no corrupt communication come, come out of your mouths. Don't let it proceed out of your mouths. Our words are a lot like a very technical, updated x-ray machine. It reveals what's, on in, what's going on inside of us. Jesus said in Matthew 12 and 34, Out of the abundance of the heart, a man speaks. So our words reveal so much about what's going on inside of us. If someone is using foul language, that means they don't have much thanksgiving going on in their lives. You say, well, how do you come up with that? Well, I'm looking right here at Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. And verse 4. Ephesians 5 and verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But don't let this come out of your mouth. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. You see? Let there be thanksgiving. If you're ever tempted to say a bad word, then stop and be thankful. That's Paul's cure. That, that's Paul's way of getting around having, say, having to say bad words. But it goes back to the heart, doesn't it? If we create a thankful heart, then we're going to be less and less inclined to say words that we should not say. As dads, one of the primary factors in raising our children is this idea of the words that they will use and the words they will not use, and especially should we never tolerate any sort of lying. We never lie. We don't lie in our house. We do not lie. Truth is to be sought, and truth is to be spoken. We don't lie. We don't lie. Parents don't lie to your kids. That's how that's learned. If they hear you making promises of either punishment or of some blessing, and that doesn't come through, then that's just tantamount to lying to your kids. Don't lie to your kids. <clears throat> Great gospel preacher passed on several years ago. He preached in Birmingham. You guys may have met him here once in a while, uh, Brother Bobby Duncan. And he tells one time when his little girl uh, was small that... Um, she, she got some kind of sickness. He had to take her to the emergency room. And they were going to put an, uh, an IV in her. And so they got her back in the room. And the nurse said, uh, you'll need to wait in the lobby. And he said, no, ma'am. He said, I told my little girl coming over here 
that I would not leave her side. And my integrity is at stake. I will not leave her. She, if I leave, she leaves. If she's here, I'm here. We cannot lie to our kids. There's too much at stake. And so, first of all, to worship faithfully helps us maintain a good name. And then to avoid bad language definitely helps us to maintain a good name. In the third place, think about this suggestion, and that is to always practice good manners. To always practice good manners. This builds a good name. Practice good manners. This starts with kindness. Of course it does. Paul says in Ephesians 4.32, Be kind one to another and forgiving one another. Did you, did you hear those words? Be kind to one another, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. We've got to make it a habit that we are kind to everyone. Kind to everyone. You know, if you look at Ephesians 4.32 and just let it stare you in the face, you'll see that if we're not kind to each other, it kind of questions whether or not we've been converted to Jesus in the first place. Did you read the verse? Be kind one to another, forgiving one another, even as. There's another one of those even as little phrases. Even as God in Christ has forgiven you. It may be that you haven't completely understood the forgiveness from God. And that may be why you're not extending kindness to others. To everybody. To everyone. See, good manners. Good manners. Being kind doesn't cost. Everything's going up now, isn't it? Well, I tell you, the cost of everything is just absolutely foolish and ridiculous. But it doesn't cost us a thing to smile, to say hey, to say hello, to pay attention. This doesn't cost us a thing. Kindness. Kindness. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 12, we call it the golden rule. Whatsoever you would that men should do to you, then you do also unto them. That should be like a compass for us. That should drive us to be kind and polite to everyone. Good manners. Good manners means kindness, but it also means talking about things that should be talk, talked about, like the gospel, but also not talking about things that should not be talked about. You know, the private parts on your body are called private parts for a reason. Okay. And one following Christ does not make it his or her habit to discuss what's going on or revealing what's going on with anybody's private parts. That's just decency and common sense. See, good manners, good manners. And good manners also would include how you talk, when you talk. Okay. Now my mother, when we were little, she had an outside voice. And she could get us home, even though we, a lot of times, literally, we would be seven, eight hundred yards away from home. We had a patch of woods, and then through the patch of woods was a big graveyard. And we played, we played a long time just on the back, the back acres of, of the graveyard, right now where my parents are buried. That's where we played. We, we, and, but my mother could get us home from the back door through the woods into the graveyard. 
She had an outside voice. But we were taught early on, we don't use the outside voice inside. You ever been around someone like that? You ever been in a little public place and you've got a family, you've got someone, and, and they want, they're not only talking, they want everybody in that place to hear what they're talking about or laughing about. That's not creating a good name. You see, Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, which tells us that a soft answer invites people. It creates the environment that you're looking for if we're going to influence uh, for Jesus. Good manners. Good manners. Good manners would include kindness, Good manners would include how to use your inside voice, outside voice. Good manners would include knowing what not to talk about. Good manners includes respecting those in authority. Respecting those in authority. Just those in position. It doesn't matter who they are. Whether it's a police officer, whether it's the person taking care of your car, you show respect to whatever it is position they have. And so if we want to establish a good name, then we will also establish um, good manners. Good manners. In the fourth place, let's mention this uh, as well. And that is to avoid uh, all addictions. To avoid all addictions. And we'll just kind of fly through this. But you know the Bible warns about alcohol and and drugs and anger and and greed and lust. Okay, we need to avoid all addictions. Absolutely, the Bible is especially strong against alcohol. You know the passages, Proverbs uh, twenty and verse one says, "Wine is a mocker, and strong drink is a a deceiver, and uh, whoever is deceived but thereby is not wise at all." Proverbs twenty three. Uh, 29 through 35, we won't, we won't take the time to read it, but you remember it describes a drunkard who, who sees things that are not there and has redness of eyes and, and wakes up wounded and he doesn't know why. But really the intent of that passage is not a warning to the drunkard, not trying to regulate the, the, the behavior of the drunkard. It's hard to regulate the behavior of a drunkard. But the intent of the passage there in Proverbs 23 is to regulate the behavior of a sober person who may be thinking about it. You see? That's why it says there in Proverbs 23, don't even look upon the wine when it is red. Don't touch it. Don't come close to it. You see. And part of having that good name is to avoid all addictions. All addictions. No matter what, whether it's alcohol, you know, whether it's cursing, whether it's anger, whether it's greed, whether it's lust. You know, Peter mentions in 2 Peter 2, 14, some have eyes full of adultery, okay, pornography. We avoid all things. And going back to Ephesians 5, right here, my Bible's still open here to Ephesians 5, verse 3. It says, sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness must not even be named among you because it's not, it doesn't become saints. It's not proper for saints. It's not proper for us. You see. 
I'll just end here. There's so many that uh, we could talk about. But the fifth suggestion this morning, this will be our last one, is to choose your friends or companions wisely. And we say this all the time, but it's, it's just so important. You know, avoiding addictions, you know, sin is bad, and there's a slippery slope there with sin. Sin is not, sin, one sin will separate us from God, but sin itself is a slippery slippery slope that carries us into further sin. And there's a slippery slope here also with choosing our friends and companions wisely. Wisely. We know that if we choose someone that doesn't have good habits, that rubs off on us. It don't matter who we are. It'll rub off on us. Their marks of sin will become our marks of sin before very long. Don't believe me. Proverbs 13, 20. Notice it. Proverbs 13, 20. He that walks with the wise will be wise, but he who is a companion of the fools shall suffer harm. Okay. It will rub off on us. It don't matter how righteous, no matter how long we've been around the Lord God Himself, no matter how many times we've had our eyes and our nose inside the good book, it will rub off on us. Proverbs 13:20. More than that, other people, when they see us around these questionable friends, they will assume that we approve of their behavior. They will assume it. Okay. You say, well, they shouldn't. Well, they do. They, they, they assume it. I had a little incident like that when I was in middle school. And I was just, I was waiting on my mom to pick me up. And then another buddy of mine, he's waiting on his mom to pick him up. So we're just outside, pretty day. They're going to come get us. And so we're just, I don't know what we're doing. We, we're just standing there. And then our coach, basketball coach, comes walking by. And my buddy, all of a sudden, he, he yells out something to the coach that had some sexual overtones to it. Uh, the, co the coach and his girlfriend, he said something sexual about the coach and his girlfriend. And the coach just stood there and rebuked him as he ought to. And then he, then he looked at me and said, Barker, I'm surprised that you're in that kind of a group. No, it just took, it just took me. It just, it, I still remember that. I still we didn't know why he, we never dreamed he would shout out something to the coach like that, but he did. And the coach rebuked him, but then the coach just assumed those of us standing around was approving of his behavior. Not at all. Someone may say, well, Jesus was a friend of sinners, but Jesus was 30 years old. At least, you know, you're going to have some maturity behind you before you can handle spreading the gospel among friends. Just got to watch our friends wisely. There's so much more we could say, but you get the idea this morning. And that is God's man values his name. Because in valuing our name, we value our influence for Jesus. Are you ready to come home to him this very day? Are you ready to turn your life over to him? Are you ready to receive forgiveness of sins through repentance and baptism? We invite you to come home. To the wonderful Father up above, 
He is our God, and we serve Him. Will you come right now as we stand? As we stand.